China AI number 233. A public comment on the U.S.'s investment curbs in Chinese AI firms. By Jeffrey Ding. Published on August 14, 2023. Subtitle. Plus, Wadaika Origins of China's Large Models, Part 2. Greetings from a world where. Does school really start in a week? Heading. Reflections on U.S.'s investment curbs in Chinese AI firms. Regarding last week's executive order that restricts new U.S. investment in subsets of the semiconductor, quantum, and AI fields, I will repeat what I wrote last fall during debates about the U.S.'s export ban on high-end chips to China. Quote. When it comes to U.S.-China technology competition, the benefits of the promote plank will always outweigh the protect plank. And, when we reflect on moves like this one thirty years from now, there's a decent chance that such protect actions were counterproductive. End quote. What is the goal here? Here's my blunt, and admittedly somewhat unfair, read of the Biden administration's approach to technological competition with China. Let's take Trump's strategy of being tough on China for the sake of being tough on China, but we'll add this brilliant twist. It'll just be narrower and slightly less counterproductive. What is the theory of victory here? If it's to slow down China's military modernization efforts, then in the future, will there really be fewer Chinese companies that support military AI applications because of these investment curbs? I think there's a reasonable case to be made in the other direction, AI is a general-purpose technology with so many applications, and smart US capital would probably push Chinese companies toward more commercial end-uses. More importantly, slowing down China's military modernization is not the be-all and end-all of our national interest. The US benefits from its investments in China. A world with a weak China may be less safe than one with a strong China. Same goes for a world with a China decoupled from the US versus one with a China that is still very much coupled. When it comes to all these points, smart people can disagree, but let's recognize at the very least that there's a debate to be had here. I want to be very concrete. I think it's a good thing that Baidu, Alibaba, Tencent, ByteDance, and so many other Chinese technology giants are foreign invested enterprises. It is good for the U.S. national interest that the Chinese government struggles to measure self-reliance and indigenous innovation because of the existence of these hybrid firms, see my CLM piece. It is a good thing that these firms are beholden, to some extent, to international stakeholders. I would much rather it be these companies at the leading edge of Chinese AI research than the more traditional national champions. My broader point is this. I think China policymakers in this administration, many of whom are the smartest and hardest working people in this space, have spent so much of their time figuring out how to implement policy effectively, without having a full-throated debate about what policy goals actually matter. A good example of this. In February of this year, CSET put out a very well-researched, detailed report on this topic of U.S. outbound investment into Chinese AI companies. The report does not address the end goals of investment controls, aside from one notable exception. Buried at page 35, we get this exceptionally perceptive paragraph. Quote. What is our goal? Are we trying to prevent the Chinese military from reaching its 2049 modernization goals? Are we working to stymie Beijing's efforts to use technology to abuse human rights? Are we worried about China gaining a first-mover advantage in emerging technologies? However we choose to define national security will help to inform the type of outbound investment screening regime, as well as bolster its effectiveness. End quote. Let me be very clear. This is not a critique of the authors or the rigor of the report. I previously recommended it as a must-read, and I'm glad we have researchers doing the hard work of investigating the outbound investment screening regime. I'm highlighting this report because I think it nicely illustrates a broader trend in the national security community. We've put the cart before the horse when it comes to policies like these recent investment curbs, 
and we've failed to fully debate out the goals which these policies are meant to achieve, and the trade-offs they necessitate. We've left that for a single paragraph on page 35, just barely an afterthought. So, what should the U.S. prioritize in terms of its national interest? I've been very outspoken that the U.S. government is overly preoccupied with China gaining a first-mover advantage in emerging technologies. Instead, my diffusion deficit paper argues that the U.S. should prioritize policies that facilitate the widespread adoption of emerging technologies across the U.S. economy. Just imagine. What if we took all the time, political capital, and talent that is being spent on crafting protect measures and invested it into promote measures that built up the U.S.'s diffusion capacity? In my view, one thing is for sure. Our nation would be more secure. Heading. Feature Translation. A brief history of large models in Wadeaku, second half. Context. In the previous issue, I started digesting an incredibly informative history of China's large language model development, a long-form layphone article by Kai Xianchen, linked to original Chinese. Last week we translated 4,000 words. This week, we knocked out 4,000 more. Here's what we learned. Key passages. In my GovII report on recent trends with China's large language models, I called out the hype over BAI's Wudao 2.0. A common refrain from English language coverage was that this model represented bigger, stronger, faster AI from China. This article fleshes out more detailed reasons why Wudao 2.0 was overhyped and misperceived. But many Wudao members know that, in fact, in 2021, the real Chinese-produced large-scale models have not yet appeared. The upper layer of the 100 billion model and the trillion dollar model of Wudao 2.0 is a sparse architecture. Although the number of parameters of the model is enlarged through sparsification, the base capacity is akin to that of a tens of billion parameter scale model. The details about BAAI's struggles to train and run large models are truly fascinating. The file size of the trillion dollar large model copied from the hard disk is about 20T, and more than 500A100S are needed for inference, running the model. Therefore, after the Wudao team copied the files back to Beijing from Shandong, where the Sunway Ocean Light supercomputer was located in Qingdao, they could not afford to use them, so they could only open them to the industry. Several companies copied the documents, one guesses that they weren't able to use them either after copying them. More concrete compute limits. At a Wudao internal meeting at end of 2021, Ting Jia lays out his goals to train a 100 billion parameter model. Article recounts, they calculated the cost and found that to complete these goals, 1,000 cards needed to be run continuously for two months without errors, and the training cost would be extremely high. At that time, BAI only had 480 A100 cards, and gave 400 of them to Tang Jie's team. They tried using chips made by Chinese companies, such as Huawei's Ascend 910. During this period, Tang Jie's team adapted various cards on the market, and found that it was impossible for 2009 10A cards to train a converged 100 billion parameter large model in a short time. In the end, Tang Jia rented 1,000 cards from the supercomputer center in Jinan, reconstructed the operator from the bottom layer, invested more than 20 people in training for eight months, and finally trained a 100 billion parameter large model. In July 2022, GLM 130B was born. Per the article, at the beginning, the efficiency of Huawei's 920 was only 18% of NVIDIA's A100, though Tang Jie's team reportedly upped the efficiency to 40% after some modifications. On BAI's impact as a cultivating ground for China's large model ecosystem. After the obligatory allusion to BAI as the Wampoa Military Academy for China's large models, Chen concludes, it is worth noting that BAI's Wudao not only gave birth to the first batch of large-scale model companies in China, 
but also influenced a group of post-90s AI masters and doctoral students. Among the teams for Wudao 1.0 and 2.0, more than 85% of the members are young students born in the 90s. People who spun off from BAAI to start ventures based on large models. June 2021, Zhiwulu established Sophan Engine. November 2021, Minlai Huang founded Lingxin Intelligence. March 2022, Fan Chao Qi starts Xinyan Technology. And lastly, August 2022, Ji Yuan Lu founded ModelBest. A previous issue covered ModelBest's efforts to to make it more cost-effective for small businesses, students, and government departments to use large models, China AI number 199, on how ChatGPT changed everything. Initially, in 2022, China's AI fully entered a capital winter. After the establishment of companies based on large-scale models, they all went out to raise funds with confidence, but none of the investors were willing to pay. After ChatGPT comes out, large models became popular all of a sudden. The big model companies that were not paid attention to before, such as Zhipu, ModelBest, Lingxin, Zizi, Xinyan, have also become the stars of tomorrow in Chinese capital, circles. Sophan Engine originally couldn't raise money. After ChatGPT came out, the angel round was valued at 100 million. I rarely do calls for more paid subscriptions, since China AI is a passion project and it serves as an invaluable platform for my research. However, in recent weeks, I've noticed a decline in paid subscriptions from our peak of 200, which was already a very small subset of the now approaching 16,000 free subscribers. So, if you find that the type of content China AI puts out doesn't exist anywhere else on the internet, then support it through a paid subscription, link. Full translation. A brief history of large models in Wadeaku. Heading. Thank you for reading and engaging. Asterisk in the next issue, China AI links will be back in full force, I promise. These are Jeff Ding's, sometimes, weekly translations of Chinese language musings on AI and related topics. Jeff is an assistant professor of political science at George Washington University. Check out the archive of all past issues here and please subscribe here to support China AI under a Guardian slash Wikipedia style tipping model, everyone gets the same content, but those who can pay for a subscription will support access for all. Any suggestions or feedback? Let me know at ChinaNewsletter at gmail.com or on Twitter at, at JJDing99. This article was narrated by Type 3 Audio. It was first published on August 14, 2023. To report an issue or give feedback on this narration, go to t3a.is.